gang. That is Holly over there. And that over there is Brooke. And, and this is the Macabre Cast. That's not my part, but that's fine. <laughs> the very <laughs> first episode. And um, the Macabre Cast, as you probably, you know, figured out by what the word is, is a spooky-themed podcast. Uh, it is a fact and fiction-based storytelling podcast. We're going to talk about some spooky shit. And it's going to be... I don't know. It's going to be all right, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. Well, spooky and things that are just kind of odd. Yeah. Uh, anything that falls under the macabre, I think, you know. Some is of it's the vibe. got positive. Yeah. We're not going to be downers the whole time. Just most of the time. Just most of the time. That's uh, on brand. That's on brand. <laughs> um, who are we, Holly? Oh, yeah. Um, who am I? So that over there is Brooke. Uh, she is someone that I met six years ago now, I think. Disgusting. Um, six years ago in college, uh, we were both English lit majors, and, which you can probably tell. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and um, became friends, and now we're doing this for fun. And um, Brooke is an amazing person, Aww. has lots of plants. Oh. Um, <laughs> is very good at growing things is wonderful is a is a wonderful lesbian oh she (laughs) she has her subaru just like is mandated why are you roasting Uh, okay fine now it's my turn okay (laughs) uh like holly said we met um in the english major at our college that we will not mention because gross no disgusting um we actually became friends because we were studying until like two in the morning yeah which was really unhinged because the exam wasn't even that hard no it wasn't no offense to that prof full offense oh full offense to that prof um but hey we have we have him to thank for our friendship so that's good um holly is also a lovely person holly is not a lesbian though rude (laughs) (laughs) holly is ace so we're both a couple of lgbtq weirdos out here talking about weird shit for fun and we thought well maybe somebody else likes this stuff and it's just fun yeah it's also just fun because we already are doing this anyways sitting across from each other and talking about weird stuff so why not record it why not include the rest of everyone else (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah we kind of moving forward are gonna go with a structure at least we think Mm -hmm. um of two stories, each of us telling a different topic or story in each episode, although we don't know how it will evolve over time, um, but always with sort of a spooky or macabre energy to it. Um, we're actually going to rock, paper, scissors every time that we do it to see who goes first, but today I'm going to go first um, yeah. because my story or um, report out that I'm doing today actually has... Um, like, there's a reason why I'm doing it first. <laughs> um, and we'll get to that later and stuff. But um, normally you'll have to listen to us um, play rock, play rock, rubber, scissors, but you can't even see it. So there's really no point to that. Uh, <laughs> we just don't us. like making decisions. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I guess that's that's my, um, my call to start. Yeah, the floor is yours. The floor is mine. All right, well, today I will be covering the topic of curiosity cabinets 
And the reason why I am covering this is that we almost named the podcast The Curiosity Cabinet. Yeah. Um, because I always say that I want my life or my apartment to just look like a curiosity shop or something. Because I just like, I like little things and I like bones <laughs> and pinned bugs or weird paintings. I don't know. I just like that aesthetic. Very maximalism. Oh yeah, as much things as as many things as possible just like on a shelf so that there's no more room to put anything else on the shelf. That's the goal just in general. Excellent. Anyway, so curiosity cabinets, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the history and then I'm going to tell you about some weird things that go inside of them that have been historically known to go inside of them. Um, And then we're going to talk about how they're kind of problematic a little bit. So we'll see how this goes. Nice. Um, But anywho, just real quick, my sources for today. Um, I did look at one book. I have one section that is related to a book. Oh. Uh, I know, right? (laughs) Um, And the book is called The Origins of Museums, The Cabinet of Curiosities in 16th and 17th Century Europe by Oliver Impey and Arthur McGregor. And then websites, I, of course, used the Queen Wikipedia. As you you must. We could not exist as a society without it. Uh, I also used the website for the Academy of Natural Science of Drexel University. I also used Sotheby's Institute of Art website and the British Museum website. It's fancy. For a couple different things, yeah. So... (laughs) Let's dive right in, I guess. Um, So cabinets of curiosities, they actually have lots of different names. Um, Most people know it as curiosity cabinet, curiosity shop, or things like that. Um, But it's actually, I don't know why, but all of the word origins come from German. And I think it's because cabinet is a loan word from the German language. Um, So in German, they're called Kunstkabinets or Kunstkammer. Or Wunderkammer, which is oh, okay. spicy. Um, and uh, they're also called Wonder Rooms, or Cabinets of Wonder, or Theaters of the World, or Memory Theaters, which I think, like, kind of overall... That's phenomenal. ...sets out the vibe. I want my life to be a memory theater. That's really cute. I like it. It's, like, <laughs> way more wholesome than I am as a person. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think that the German comes from the word cabinet being, like, a... Oh, okay word from German but I actually don't know if that's true so but all of the origins came from Germany for the word specifically I don't know I couldn't find any reason why but uh going back to wonder rooms cabinet actually used to mean just a space in general so we're gonna get into it a little bit later but it could cabinet meaning room literally means that a curiosity cabinet could mean anything between a drawer an actual cabinet in a room or an entire hallway an entire room in a house an entire wing of a house if you're like particularly rich or just like a whole building oh which is just a museum but we'll also get to that later Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah they're they the word now is a little bit different but it could just be like a whole house of just weird shit which is goals honestly but yeah and they're defined as you know, collections of notable objects if you're putting it in a very, like, simple definition. But they can include anything from, like, artifacts of archaeology, geology, ethnography, um, which is, like, cultural studies, Mm -hmm. um, relics, fine art, antiquities, 
natural history. I'm history. Wait, I'm sorry. Is antiquities? Yes. A word? Yeah. Amazing. It's a word. You didn't it's, know that was a it's word? It's my new favorite now. You didn't know? An- <laughs> no. Yeah, it's antiquities. It's a thing. I, I'm not making that up, right? I have no idea. Fact, fact check. <laughs> fact. We should probably fact check that. I'm pretty sure. I've always said that. It's fine. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah. So a collection of things. It could be scientific. It could be non-scientific. But um, yeah, all kinds of stuff. They first appeared in actually 16th century Europe, at least from the research that I found. Okay. Um, And, you know, they were actually most popular, of course, with ruling and aristocratic classes, because if you had money, you were buying shit from people and hanging it up on your wall. If you didn't have money, you didn't really have time to do that. Yeah. Um, But they were also popular in the merchant class. And the reason why they were also popular with that class, they, they were, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. is because they were able to actually monopolize on the desire of other people to buy these items. And since they were going off and collecting things from other places and then bringing them back to whatever country they were from in Europe, they were making bank off of taking those things, keeping it for themselves, or selling them to rich people. Gotcha. So mostly people who had money or were who were in like merchant and trading that were doing this um which is kind of spicy but the existence of modern museums is completely related to the fact that these existed okay we can pretty much lend all existence to museums from kunst cabinets oh wow because people suddenly started collecting things and then actually a lot of famous cabinets were actually turned into museums oh. nowadays in Europe and other er- places but um, yeah they have I actually I um, there's a historian he's a British historian who um, he's considered the leading mind on this topic he actually is talked about a lot in the book that I looked at um, and he's also on the History Channel a lot so you might recognize his name but R.J.W. Evans um, he identifies two main categories for curiosity cabinets being a princely cabinet or a modest collection, which is kind of like what I just said in the sense that like either you were rich and you were buying all this fancy shit it to was put princely. in there. It was princely. It was, it, you know, everybody was fancy back then. I mean, you gotta be if you can. Not everybody was. Like no. 5% of the people were fancy. Maybe 1%. And everybody else was dirty, but we love them. I would be part of the dirty people. Me too, me too. Let's be <laughs> real right now. Um, yeah, but he, he said that that's how he would define, like, if he had to put it into two categories, but the true distinction really didn't lie beyond, like, the, just the plain curiosity or morbid curiosity of collecting things and wanting to keep them and wanting to show them off. Um, and it was always based on the person's personal preferences, which then, like, design came into play because Mm. people got kind of fancy with it. And I have some pictures that I'll show later. Um, but yeah, he described the princely cabinet as it was normally much larger and had a representational function. Um, it normally had heavy aesthetic concerns, okay. whether that be how it was laid out, how it was categorized, etc., etc. Um, and it always, I'm using this term, but it's problematic, but <laughs> it had a 
it leaned towards the quote exotic. Oh, okay. And we will talk later about how all of this shit is stolen. But the other version of that, which is the more modest collection, was more for, like, the scholar or the virtuoso. You know, people who just were interested in things and they would have, like, a little cabinet of the things that they particularly liked that they had collected over, like, a long period of time. Not something that they were dedicating all of their, like, extra money and lives to, you know. (laughs) But why did they exist? That is the question. The main reason is entertainment, because that's all we really care about as humans. Um, But for rich people, it was boastful opportunities. Boasting, 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 and lying constantly. I mean, is it any different now? You're right. (laughs) You're right. Especially for rich people, but it's fine. So they would hold these things called sideshows, which can be referred to as like a circus or just like a small event where you're seeing an exhibit um but they would host these parties and they would stand they would stand in the room and everybody would sit around or stand around looking at them and they would talk about their stories of discovery the history of an item they would brag about these journeys they would go on so like did they actually go on the journeys most likely not did they just like send someone from their staff to go on the journey for them and then come back like what a lot of times it was like merchants that were going off to other places or like people who actually were colonizing they would come back with quote artifacts um, and then they would sell them to these people. Okay. And then they would be telling people that either they went to get it, or I'm assuming that some people wouldn't, but because yeah. um, I'm, I'm not sure how many rich people were like, yeah, I'm totally an adventurer. I feel like that's not <laughs> like everybody's vibe, but <laughs> um, they were mostly like boasting about either how they got it or how like they personally went on this journey to grab it and not every single thing that they like went off and found was necessarily like appropriated or stolen but especially later in the 17th century that was more common oh yeah um as colonization was growing and such um but yeah they were big adventure stories that they would just stand around and tell and and they want everyone to clap for them which please clap please clap (laughs) (laughs) They were, though, I will say they were attractive to a general audience. Okay. Um, And they were actually considered pretty accessible as long as you weren't looking for the exotic. So sideshows were popular in general among, like, all of the community. So people would go to see shows of things like, you know, circuses and things like that. And so that was attractive to people that couldn't actually own these things, purchase these things. Mm -hmm. So it was, like, popular with the general public. It just wasn't owned by the general public or considered, like, a big party entertainment schmoozy thing that it was for the higher classes. Um, But it, it it, it did help create less of a divided culture around this type of thing, which is nice because at least now, like, I mean, museums are super accessible. Well... To Mostly in the U.S., in the they US. still charge everyone yes, for going to true. museums. But you are right. It's also incredibly fucking expensive. Oh, yeah. just throwing it out there. There's gonna be a lot of swearing in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we made it this far without me saying fuck. <laughs> One more for good measure. Fuck. Okay, we're done. So yeah, they 
you're right though accessible air quotes yeah worldwide more accessible more accessible the u.s just blows (laughs) yeah it sucks (laughs) um but yeah they um also emphasized this thing like less less is more which comes into that lying problem um where it's actually said in that book actually talks about this where less explanation for how the items worked, how they came to be, how they were created, how they were, you know, what, what even what it was at all. Yeah. They, they, they didn't like to actually describe it necessarily scientifically, especially uh, in the earlier times. To give it an air of mystery. Right. <laughs> because a lot of times this stuff wasn't, like, it wasn't real. Yeah. Or, or it was, they were just making up these stories about what it was, which still happens today, everywhere, all the time, which is really fucked up. <laughs> um, but lending itself to basic description, which, on one hand, if actually a basic description that is accurate is accessible to the people who would go see these shows mm-hmm. that maybe weren't as highly educated as other people, but let's be honest. It's probably what there were super rich people accurate. sitting around like talking about how they went to some far off land and like got this bone from some poor person. It's disturbing. <laughs> Welcome to the macabre cast. Um, so that kind of leads me to like my major caveat of this whole thing, which this the birth of these is just a history of disrespect. General lack of consent and respect for other cultures, especially when it came to the scientific evolution of the cabinets, when they oh. leaned more towards science and less towards wonder. Yeah. It got... Museums have a really checkered past. Oh, and that's present. an understatement. <laughs> uh, that's an understatement. Uh, they oftentimes featured items that were stolen from marginalized communities, from places that they were colonizing. Um, I actually wrote down a list of a couple places that were currently colonized in the 1600s. Um, I'm not gonna go through the whole thing because it's honestly disturbing how many already at that point were. Um, But the original 13 colonies were already, you know, vibing, unfortunately. France was in what is now Quebec, Canada area. Uh, they were also in Brazil. They were also in India. Yeah. Spain was all over the fucking place. E- like, literally everywhere. Yeah. Constantly. They, they, need, they need to stop. Can they stop? Someone needs to stop them. <laughs> Someone needs to stop them. Um, you know, Portugal in Brazil, all this stuff happening. Yeah. So all of that back and forth travel was an opportunity for them to take things with or without consent and provide them back Most likely and sell them to people. Consent. Most likely without consent. I mean, a plant is one thing, but like someone's body parts or... Yeah, or like a cultural artifact Yeah, like a cultural artifact or, or like, you know, just con- constant robbery. Constant. <laughs> But I actually wrote down a couple of examples that I'm not going to go super deep into because I think it would be fun to actually cover these as cases later. But I really, you know, just a couple touches on some things that were stolen. (laughs) Stolen (laughs) from other places and brought to Europe. 
but a lot of times Britain. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> the biggest and probably the most popular example is the stolen Easter Island heads. There's two oh, currently yeah. still in the British Museum. I um, saw them. Yes. I mean, they're amazing. Yeah. Please put them back. <laughs> uh, the the um, They actually have a name, and I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, but it's an important name. But the people from Rapa Nui, which is the name of the island, actually we call it Easter Island, but it's not actually called that. Um, they, they named one of the heads specifically Hoa Hakanani, which means stolen friend. Oh. Which is really sad. Oh, no. Um, and it was stolen in 1868. So that was a little bit later. That's... Um, but... <laughs> I don't like that. It's really sad. There's two of them. That's what one of them is named. The larger one, I believe. Okay. Um, it's really fucked up. Um, on a lighter note, though, something else that is kind of funny <laughs> is that... Um, <laughs> narwhal horns were really popular like for from what? the get-go for why nar- for- <laughs> it's, it gets so much better narwhal horns <laughs> i can't get over it they were um normally captured by people who actually lived in the arctic areas uh-huh. so like norwegian you know those countries yeah. um but then those people would, they knew that they were narwhals. They captured and killed those animals, you know. But then they would sell the horns <laughs> to people in Europe. And they oh. would tell them that they were unicorn horns. Oh, no. <laughs> Fun fact about unicorns. Unicorn is still the uh, national animal of Scotland. Of Scotland? Yep. The national animal? <laughs> yep. Well, the reason why they think they're real is because literal Vikings <laughs> were coming down and selling them for fat cash just so they could lie to them and say that they were unicorn horns I mean, but they were just like you gotta, spiky whales you gotta capitalize on people's stupidity every oh, once in oh, a while it actually gets so much better <laughs> um we're actually gonna go a little dark again there oh. are some um examples of bones and body parts of dead people and the examples i chose are local i'm sure you've been to the old curiosity shop in seattle Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been there many times. I actually loved that place as a child. Going there as an adult is a fever dream. Yeah. Um, but there are two, there are actually a lot of mummified people there, but there are two famous mummified beings there. One is a man's head, and I didn't find any info on actually who he was, mm-hmm. although I know that his body was discovered in a desert in Arizona. Um, his name, they named him Sylvester. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but he's got a bunch of bullets in his body i think he was murdered <laughs> i mean if you died with a he bunch of bullets he in could your have body unalived himself i don't know i wasn't there multiple times you're right <laughs> um but the the full almost full body mummy that they have here in seattle is named sylvia mm-hmm. their names are sylvia and sylvester um and she it's really actually really fucked up. You can go see them, and there's shrunken heads there, and there are narwhal horns, and a couple other things that I'll mention later at the old curiosity shop, excuse me. But um, Sylvia actually is known to come from Central America, and she was thought to have been a young Spanish immigrant who died of tuberculosis and was brought here after being mummified, which is just not necessary. <laughs> How about we let people 
just be dead in peace. There are a lot of ethical arguments on whether or not it's like she should be laid to rest where she's from. Yeah. Um, but there's not enough information about who she is to really know where she's from exactly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a real fucking bummer, y'all. Yeah, I don't think you should display. I mean, it's a, it's a place to go in Seattle, but it's, it has a dark, it has some dark. I mean, I always thought things. it was, I always thought it was cool when I was a kid when I would go there. <laughs> but ethically, I don't know about that. Um, the earliest recorded picture of a curiosity cabinet was actually an engraving. And uh, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation as well. But um, it is from Naples in 1599. And again, I'm going to butcher this. But it's Ferrante Imperatos del Historia Natural. And this is a book. And this picture was in the book. And this picture was used as evidence of this guy's credibility as a natural historian of the time. Oh, dear. Which I think it's really funny that he would use his own collection as his source. (laughs) Like, go off, I guess. What's your source? Myself. My my citations list is just my name six times in a row. Um, I will show you the picture, and we'll post it on our Instagram. Um, But just a description of the things that are in it. Shells, taxidermy of mammals, birds, preserved fish, probably dried. Uh, There's literally an entire crocodile that's suspended from the ceiling, (laughs) which is fucking rad, to be honest. I want that to be my life. Um, There's books that are stacked in the medieval fashion, which is sideways. The correct, apparently the correct way to put your books. Well, the medieval way to put your books. Apparently it's the correct way, too. I don't know. It has something to do with dust. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Crystals. There are pictures of, like, bell jars, like, cloches in there with stuff inside of them. It's kind of hard to tell what they are, though. Um, There are ambers. There are shark teeth. And then there's my favorite part that's not important is there's two snakes that are just, like, on the ceiling that look like they're kissing. And I think that's important. Why are they kissing? It's it's deeply important. It's we need to know their romantic. story. It's a very romantic photo of these two snakes kissing. Also, the doodles, they're not doodles, on this engraving that's very nice. <laughs> Sorry. The doodles? They're, but the, there are tiny little dogs on the ground standing with the people, and they look fucking ridiculous. Amazing. Whoever designed this is fucking crazy. I'm going to just show you this so you can actually see it. Okay. This is what it looks like for Holly's eyes. You know, when you said that the crocodile or alligator was suspended, I thought you meant, like, when you're slaughtering a pig suspended. No! Not, like, <laughs> attached to the ceiling suspended. No! No! Like, hanging on the ceiling. <laughs> it's hanging so that, there. It's hanging That like, makes a lot more... That like, makes a lot more sense. It's this bo- is cooler, All though, of its right? body is on the ceiling. Yeah, it's like... It's like it's walking on the ceiling. Yeah, that's a lot cooler than what I was picturing. So, um, but really quick, just make sure that you look um, at the dogs on the ground because they're they're fucking hilarious. Everybody, go look at the picture on the on the Instagram. Why are they so tiny? They look like tiny lions. I don't know who designed those. I love it's like that um, meme trend that's like people don't know how to draw like children and then it's like paintings of children and they look like tiny adult humans which i love what happened 
Uh, sorry, I, I think I clicked a button. No, it's fine. <laughs> I have to show Nikon. Thank you. They really do look like lines. They look fucked up. <laughs> okay, anyways. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is long-winded. But um, moving on, the um, 17th century actually brought in a heavier influence of man-made objects in science. Um, I have a little piece of a painting of of a curiosity cabinet, and it has this symbolic sort of essence to it that shows like normal things that fr- from the 1600 uh, 1600s that you would expect in a curiosity cabinet. But then there's a human skull in the top. Um, and that is sort of an homage from the artist of the lean towards the more scientific as the time progressed and as more, you know, things were being discovered over time. Oh, okay. Um, I'll just show you. It's actually a really beautiful painting. I, like, kind of want to hang it up on my wall. Oh, yeah. Are it, those roots? I think they're corals. Again, check it out on the Instagram. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's isn't great. It cool? Yeah. I love it. I mean, I think it's cool. There's, um, like, feathers and corals. I like, um, I'm taking inspo from this. They put their corals in candlesticks, and Holly knows I have a problem with candlesticks. I have, like, seven of them. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> they kind of moved on to, like, more specimens, um, and then they also moved into, like, scientific experiments and technology of the time. Um, I'll just kind of toss out a couple, you know, famous curio cabinets or famous people that actually had them. Um, Peter the Great, who was a monarch in Russia and the founder of the Kunstkamera, which is the first museum of Russia. Oh, okay. Which is kind of cool. That his collection was turned into the first museum. So it was originally his collection that he had, you know, built up over time, and then it was turned into a museum, I think, close to his death. Um, I don't know if it was before or after. Um, It was a little bit unclear. But um, the king of Denmark and Norway in 1648 to 1670, Frederick III, also had one. Mm. You know, rich people be out here. I mean, they're what the leaders of their countries i think they could probably afford to have an entire wing of their home dedicated to weird (laughs) shit goals without the stealing (laughs) um and i would just like to I, i just wanted to nod toward a couple like collections that we know as just museums now that are actually were originally curio cabinets that were all put together um, the British Museum in London, actually, <laughs> oh. what is mostly artifacts put together from those um, types of things. Um, it's actually noted that I don't I actually don't know who this is. So this is unfortunate. But um, <laughs> Sirhan Sloan is the main collector that donated a lot of things to that museum. OK, um, the Chamber of Art and Curiosities, which sounds fucking dope in Austria is a largely intact collection from like one person which oh, i wow. think is really cool the kunst camera i said before in saint Petersburg, petersburg russia the first museum in russia mm-hmm. and one of the the big ones um and then a famous person who donated most of his collection to a lot of museums now after i'm sure they were passed down you know through generations, mm-hmm. was someone who has the fucking stupidest name in the entire world. His name was Oli Worm. And I know I'm <laughs> pronouncing it wrong, but Oli Worm is funnier. Oily but worm. <laughs> just wait, because he went he went by the Latinized version of his name, 
<laughs> which was, I believe, Oleus Wormus. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Fuck I didn't think he could make it worse. He made it worse. <laughs> it's terrible. Anyways, he lived from 1588 to 1654. Um, he went with like a weird Latin vibey version of his name. He was a physician. He was Danish. He was a natural historian and he was a professor at the University of Copenhagen. God, imagine having him as a professor. I know. He sounds like a <laughs> fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he was fine. Um, but a couple mm. cool things that he had. He did have a lot of narwhal horns that he factually believed to be unicorn horns. People are stupid. Amazing. People are stupid. <laughs> um, he also had this thing called that, that people call a woolly fern. Um, or a Scythian lamb, which is so fucking dope. And I want to talk about later in like okay. a cryptid podcast episode but basically it's a it's a sheep that grows out of a plant but then it's permanently attached to the an umbilical cord to the root of the plant and then it can only survive as long as it can walk around and eat what's in the vicinity of its umbilical cord and then the plant dies (laughs) i just i'm hello (laughs) (laughs) it's so stupid did that make any sense? Like, how it, is it? Its umbilical cord is attached to the plant, and once it's fully grown, it but walks why around. Why is it attached? To I the don't plant? know. How did People it are get, stupid. How did it's, it get out? Of- <laughs> I don't know. It's just he he had this this woolly fern, quote unquote woolly fern that he he believed to be actually a dead lamb that was formerly attached to a plant. Mm. Okay. Well. I look His name to was Oli Worm. <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm sorry, you said it wrong. I think it's what, Olius Wormus? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he sounds like he's in Harry Potter. That doesn't sound like a real name. Oh my god. Um, but the last most important part is I've, I, um, I've actually seen one of these in person. They're incredibly cursed. Uh, but it's, you might know them as a Fiji mermaid. Um, oh, I, yeah. Yeah. They're glorious. I don't want to see it. this is one of my favorite ones because when they were, you know, in East Asia and colonizing and going around and just ruining shit, um, some, like, it became popular with Japanese fishermen to take the body of a juvenile monkey, cut the bottom part off... (laughs) Cut the top part off of a fish, (laughs) slap them together, (laughs) and let them mummify, (laughs) and then they would sell them to Europeans as mermaids, and people believed them, and there are tons of them all over the world. There is one in the Ye Old Curiosity Shop Mm -hmm. in Seattle, but the the one of the more famous ones there you guys need to google it because oh my god there are some that exist that are just literally so fucked up looking um but the picture that i have and i'm gonna post on the instagram is a little bit more um tame um and i'm showing holly now but it's um oh oh no it looks it doesn't need to exist speaking of harry potter it looks like when voldemort is that baby (laughs) creature you know in the last one <laughs> yeah when he's under when he's in king's cross yeah or is like, not he's in heaven he's just like a t- 
terrifying little baby. It does look like that. <laughs> well, it looks very fetal. It's gross. But I just, here's, here's the takeaway from this. People were going around stealing shit. It was shitty. People suck. All this garbage. But at least coming out of this, there were people who were just selling shit and lying to make a profit. Good for them. And I honestly, go off. I fucking love that for them. I respect it. I, I respect it so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is my report on curiosity cabinets. And I hope in the future I can bring you a less... Um, you know, historical and more spooky, fun thing. But this one was, it's I, important to cover it Yeah, first. I fully want to hear right. about, like, a bunch of different things that you barely talk, talked about again. Oh, right. Well, I did that on purpose. I, well, I figured. <laughs> but. Well, like, Civvy and Lamb, I need to know I more need, about that. You need to give me more information. I don't know. I, don't... I, I have it on my list of other things I want to cover. I didn't want to touch on too many of the cryptidy things in yeah. this because I want to talk about it later. But anywho, that's, that's Curiosity Cabinets. It's really not okay. But as far as aesthetic reasons go and, like, the the success of the the peop- the Japanese fishermen who were just lying for fun like i respect it yeah yeah and i think moving like looking at it from my perspective as someone who likes that aesthetic like it's very easy not to steal things you just yeah. don't steal them you just display things respectfully and not you, stolen like i'm not going to take something from someone or put something fucked up in my house. Yeah, like it's... Like, I have a cicada that's pinned. Yeah. It's dope. There's you know? There's ways to do this without being the worst. Right. <laughs> I don't have any actual bones. Well, except for the dead bird in your freezer. Oh. You just outed me on the podcast. <laughs> it's still in there. <laughs> I need to do something with my dead bird. Um, I'm not going to give them any more explanation on the dead bird in no. my freezer. They can, they can do with that what they will. Wonder. Holly, please take me away from this fucking okay. nightmare <laughs> that is my bird in my freezer. So my topic, which is very fun, I've been waiting forever to share this, um, it was initially going to focus on that little factoid that you see places or that I've seen places mm-hmm. that are like... Um, mummies are so rare because people ate them. Um, I'm so excited and for this, you guys. You don't even know. Holly and I tell each other everything all the time. But, but not we have this. gone weeks researching this and not talking about it with each other. And I've been waiting anxiously to hear about mummy snacks. Yeah. So, mummy snacks. <laughs> Our act, we're at, it was actually real because that was my first thing is like is this actually a real thing or not um, turns out it is mummies were Ew. frequently eaten and consumed um, and I'll talk about the different ways that they were eaten in a little bit but I can't imagine it would taste good well I don't, don't think that, that was the point don't say, oh I, <laughs> like that I, like that maggot cheese oh no I, I, I've gotta go <laughs> <laughs> okay, I shouldn't have brought up the maggot cheese. But there were lots of there were lots of mummies being munched and crunched. Oh, um, crunch them. <laughs> but the actual the actual way that mummies ended up being the thing that people were like, I want to use this 
um, primarily like medicinally they would be used um, is for why because of a mistranslation oh um, which is like really fun. White people have a lot uh, of those. Also from stealing. Yeah. Just gonna throw it out there. Yeah, our themes kind of overlap in that area. Oh, we planned um, that. Yeah. We didn't. We didn't plan that. Um, but mamia was a substance that is actually a bitumen, bit- bitumen, or asphalt. What? Um. And it was, that was the name for it in uh, medieval Persia when it was, when the asphalt was being used as part of, like, medicines. And, like, it was, it was used to, like, staunch bleeding and, like, salve for wounds and stuff like that. I have a question. Um, Yeah. When you say asphalt, do you mean, like, asphalt? Yeah. Like, concrete? Not concrete, but like no, but like a like a more like a rudimentary yeah. rock related paste. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Yeah, um, and it apparently worked well because during the Crusades, um, the Europeans who were in who were when they were doing their crusading as they do, um, they Gross. <laughs> they encountered. Mumia and um, found out that it actually like worked really well medicinally, and so like the de- the demand for it grew. Okay, discovered um, it. Okay, no, they didn't discover it. They just happened to be in the area where other people had already created it. Oh, okay, um, stealing. Yeah, thank you. And by happened to be, I mean they were colonizing as as also Europeans stealing. do. Stealing. Yep. So. A very similar theme. Um, Disgusting. Yeah. So, no, they they found out about this thing that everyone else already knew about. Um, and then the demand for it grew. But then with the demand for it, there was a um, mistranslation of what Mamiya was actually, like, what it actually meant. Um, and so... <laughs> So oh, the, I get it now. Yeah, so the first... <laughs> I didn't get it until now. Yeah, the first mistranslation of what Mamiya, they thought it meant, was that they they incorrectly thought it was a substance found where bodies were buried. Um, and so then, after that, okay. there was another mistranslation. Okay. In um, <laughs> that misinterpretation... Um, was that they confused the, the, because the Egyptians used a type of, like, bitumen or asphalt to, for the embalming process. Okay. Or not embalming, but mummifying. Sure. Um, but the, yeah. Not necessarily preservation, yeah, but in, for, a, in a sense. Yeah. yeah. So they used that actually for some of the embalming, um, but then people misinterpreted the word mamiya to mean the embalming fluid that they used instead of the actual substance. Um, uh-huh. So so then, and then after that, there was one final mistranslation uh-huh. um, that where someone translated it to mean the entire flesh or intrinsic spirit 
of a person. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. That's just simply not true. Somebody wanted to eat a mummy and they just changed it. There's no fucking way this happened. That can't be real. Well, this is apparently over like, I don't believe you. Some fucking weirdo. Some weirdo. Literally looked at a dead body, found a mummy, I don't know, fucking weirdo, and was like, I don't know, looks pretty crunchy, time to have a snack. Good texture. Like, I just, <laughs> ew. I, like, that, that can't, it cannot, it simply cannot be that someone well, mistranslated it that many times in a row. Okay, well, it wasn't Intrinsic the same. Intrinsic spirit? Fuck off. It wasn't the same person mistranslating that it. That seems fake to me like, as hell. I don't know. It was a common ingredient starting in the 12th and 13th centuries and then continued all the way through the 18th century. Oh, um, dope. That's, like, not that long ago. Yeah. Uh, I have even more cursed information about that. Please um, tell me more. But. While I sip my alcohol to <laughs> numb the pain. After the mistranslation of it as as a person's entire body, um, mm. the <laughs> the tombs couldn't meet the demands um, oh yeah so supply and demand it's a yeah. real problem so like it actually it actually legitimately was that there aren't very like mummies are rare because there was such a high demand for eating them it's um, fucking gross dude yeah and it's like it's it's messed up on a lot of different levels um but that also led to a rise in fraudulent mummies being sold i'm sorry um, <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> Please define. (laughs) So there would be, instead of it being like an actual mummy who was who was mummified in Egypt in the tombs, because people like really focused in on Egypt for this as well. Um, Okay. And I'm scared of what you're gonna say next. So instead of it being that, they would uh, like mummify other bodies that were just dead and then sell them as like real mummified people oh so they were actually mummies though well yes oh were they were they were they less crunchy well it was like they're fresher i just (laughs) i'm just gonna say this because i feel like it's important (laughs) our our sound producer is holly's partner and when i said it was less crunchy (laughs) Nikon's whole body convulsed, <laughs> which is a pretty accurate representation of how I feel right now. Okay, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you. It's fucking funny. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> um, but, but, but yeah, because of the fraudulent mummies. Oh, also people decided that um like because the mummies were you know running out of stock um oh the <laughs> oh that's rancid of you to yeah, say i'm sorry on brand rancid um, <laughs> mummies but because that was like becoming a more rare thing people also decided to expand the definition of who could be eaten um and oh. yeah and so they they eventually decided that it was the flesh of someone who dies violently and then is kept out in the air that is actually the best medicinally. They couldn't... I'm so, I'm so sorry. 
sorry. Okay, I just would like to clarify. It's like super not funny. No, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. People who are dying for, for a very well. I mean, usually it would be people who are already dead. Okay. It, I just want to clarify for the people listening that when I'm when we are laughing at the horrible things that we're talking about. It's like a laugh instead of cry type it's, of idea. Yeah, it's not because we think it's good. No. It's because it's it's just not okay. Yeah. Okay, I just needed yeah. to say that. No, that's that's good. Um, so here's the cursed little bit of information for you. Oh, uh, now it's cursed. Yeah, so the mm-hmm. last, the like most recent selling of mummies as medicine um was in 1924 24 yeah 19 1924 that is literally less than 100 years yeah. ago yeah that is 98 years ago just you wait i have even that's fucking worse gross. information for you i'm so sorry i just um, again. <laughs> but so the the mummies were used primarily medicinally and i can like talk through all of the ways that they were used which is very exciting um they reached their peak of popularity in the 16th and 17th century in Europe, um, which is mm. also around the time when colonization of places was like a really big and when curiosity cabinets yeah. were becoming popular. Yeah, we're in a lot of the same time frame. Disgusting. Um, we love it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but Egyptian mummies were crumpled into tin- oh. tinctures? tinctures. 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 Yeah. They were crumpled into tinctures to staunch internal bleeding. Oh! Um, yeah. That seems not sanitary no. at all. Um, and then... <laughs> Did it work? I think it worked. The articles that I read said that it worked kind of like a... What's that effect called? Placebo? Yeah, kind of like a placebo effect. Oh! Um, thank, you. <laughs> thank you, Nikon. No <laughs> problem. Say, um, everybody say hi to Nikon. <laughs> I feel like it would work as well as, like, in all those awful, like, true crime stories when, like, someone is, like, bleeding out and they, like, pack mud into the, like, gashes to, yeah, like, like, stop it's not the bleeding. Great. It's not good. But, like, maybe on an off chance it would work. That's fucked up. Um, <laughs> what are the chances? Who tried that first? I just have a question. <laughs> I need to talk to these people. It was the random Europeans who were crusading and misinterpreting things. They need to stop. Uh, <laughs> but, and then other body parts were also used, and not just of mummies. Um, so they also used uh, blood, fat, and bones medicinally, um, just like across the board. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, in Europe. And this is this is all in, in Europe and... Yeah, it's all in Europe. When um, you say blood, fat, and bones. So the blood would be like, they're, they're all used for different things. So I have, I have examples. Oh, uh, lovely. Thomas Willis uh, <laughs> brewed essentially the worst cup of hot chocolate. Um, <laughs> the ingredients... That he brewed together were powdered human skull from mummies and chocolate. What? As like a nice little tasty drink to have. What? Um, Literally, (laughs) why? Nobody asked him to do Um, that. King Charles II. Oh, oh, this one's going to be good. (laughs) Would drink something called the King's Drops, which 
again, oh. would be mummified human skull in alcohol, which is like super fun cocktail recipe, I guess. I <laughs> New cocktail just dropped, guys. The King's Drops. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking gross. It tastes literally sharp and grainy. Oh, no. <laughs> I imagine it would have like a film. Yeah, it's not going to be good. They're not mortaring it that well. No, it's going to be powdery. That's disgusting. Yeah. Ew, like a chalky. Yeah, <gasps> it's going to oh, be bad. No, no, thank you. But, you know, you got to you gotta take that skull for your health. What? Is, okay. Um, so much calcium. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. Oh, gross. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> thank you. The the human fat was Mm. used often as a remedy for gout, and it would be used mostly externally. So you'd get human fat and you'd like rub it on parts of your body. Like bar soap. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, basically. Um, Tight. Yeah. And then uh, drinking fresh blood was like (laughs) very common. Incredibly common. I mean, vampires exist. Like there are people who like quote are vampires oh yeah it's a thing well see the the amount was it non-consensual blood sometimes oh um sick yeah so the amount that the blood drinking was like such a big thing in europe as like for part of your health and they were like if you drink people's blood and consume them then you'll gain their strength Um, okay this is not a video game hello yeah uh this is not <laughs> what the fuck yeah oh like so, i'm gonna drink their like drink their health in order to gain essence well, I, it's my life serum yeah that's God. what they thought because well, yeah plus three to constitution uh, <laughs> uh, i love your little add-ins uh, oh god but it, it does kind of make you rethink, like, the rise in vampire stories around mm. the same time periods, mm-hmm. like, a little bit afterwards, and just generally, like, people were actually drinking blood. I'm just going to throw that out there. Someone needs Please to stop. read Dracula again and Actually, though, like, I'm not about to shit talk on vampires. If you're a vampire, that's cool for you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> don't kill people. I don't know. Like I'm not. What well, I'm not gonna sit here in a public thing and be like, vampires suck. I don't want to die. That's fair. Thank you. And drinking fresh blood was thought to be very beneficial for your health. It's warm. Um, however, the fresher the blood, the more difficult it was to procure for people if they didn't have money. Hmm, so I wonder why. Yeah. So poor people would often. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, so poor people would often attend executions for a discounted <laughs> cup of fresh blood <laughs> from the person being executed. That's so fucked up. Yeah. Can okay. I I imagine they thought that the type of person, you know, had an effect on, or, or well, if they needed to die a violent death. Only. Not just like rich people too. Like no, what about yeah. like? Okay. So just if you, d- <laughs> they, like I said before, one of the things was someone who dies violently and then is kept out in the air. So people would, I mean, the, the blood is like slightly different in which 
like they thought that the spirit and the body were the same thing and so when you drink someone's blood you're drinking right their spirit which is like giving you the strength and that's very biblical yeah it yeah ew um <laughs> just gonna throw it out there it's a whole new type of communion uh, <laughs> oh god uh, <laughs> but yeah so they thought the body contained the spirit and it was like part of the like physiology of that time but um it what is incredibly ironic and by ironic i mean just the worst is that um oh i have hiccups oh no <laughs> around <laughs> around the same time that people in europe were um like munching and crunching on mummies and like sipping Please blood stop. and making their skull hot cocos and stuff like that mm-hmm. um they were also using cannibalism as a way to justify colonizing a lot of other places um and so they were they were using they were creating this rhetoric at the same time of like we need to go to um like central america or south america and colonize and bring civilization to the people there because they are eating people they're eating people and they're cannibals i thought you were gonna say (laughs) that they were trying to justify cannibalism no 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 no. (laughs) they were trying to use cannibalism to justify colonization okay i understand now yes Um, that's that's actually worse yeah so i'd rather they just justified cannibalism by drinking people's blood yeah well so at the same time as they're they're engaging in cannibalistic practices they are also using that as a way to like justify colonizing places which like really just points to the fact that it was simply a justification like it's very very simply so yeah, yeah and it it's it like has no basis in much like most of the things that we've talked about yeah there's no basis of actual science. Don't eat people. Well, like yeah, it's not good for your health. Don't don't um, eat, don't and really eat not for theirs. Yeah. Oh, it's really not good for the people you're eating. Oh no. Yeah. And I mean, are they well? And the, yeah, like yeah, I'm not justifying cannibalism, but I am saying that. But. <laughs> there's a but here. Again, there's a but, guys. But I, but I am. I am saying, though, that there are, like, specific things that you think about now that could be considered kind of the same thing of, like, we transplant organs from one person to another person. And, like, you're not consuming it, but you are taking organs from one body to another. And, like, so, like, there's there's ways to, like, look at things and be, like, this is other from myself and that makes it bad which is what all the europeans were doing right, by being like right. i'm not doing cannibalism they're doing cannibalism i'm not doing cannibalism. i just like to, i just like to drink blood in my spare time i like to grind up the skulls <laughs> of my enemies and drink it in a grainy hot chocolate no disgusting yeah, yeah. so it was very much it's very much like not okay and was just absolutely bizarre just yuck yeah and speaking of things that are more recent i guess oh god um i'm ready (laughs) just tell me i'm scared 
Uh, if you're looking for another cocktail recipe. Oh! Um, <laughs> there actually is a much more recent example of these kinds of practices and the way that people categorized cannibalism as not cannibal, not cannibalism. Okay. Um, in the 1970s. 70s? Yep. Okay. Buckle up. <laughs> Buckle up, fam. Oh, this goes to present day. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, in- Buckle up. <laughs> In the 1970s, the Sourtoe Cocktail Club was founded, which... Toe? Was, yes, Sourtoe mm. Cocktail Club. Okay, not Sourdough. No. That went really yummy to really, uh, yeah, really know. No, Sourtoe. Um, it was founded, which is... The, the recipe for it is a glass of whiskey with a severed and mummified toe in it. <laughs> <laughs> I would literally rather die. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. The tradition. In the 70s. Yeah, it was started in the 70s. But it, oh. the tradition continues today. Whose toes? I'll get there. <laughs> At a downtown hotel in Dawson City in. Dawson? Canada, yeah. That's my last name. Um, but the, <laughs> you can order the drink and become part of like the club of people who have done the challenge basically um and their their phrase that they tell you when you order this is um drink it fast or drink it slow but your lips must touch the toe (gasps) and (laughs) oh my god no yeah, so it's it's quite literally a severed toe in a glass of whiskey and you like you're supposed to just like drink the whiskey like the toe is in there as like an ice cube or something but, uh, like no yeah well and the they have a steep fine now for anyone who swallows the toe swallows it mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm sorry because they had an incident where someone uh walked up asked to do the sour toe cocktail challenge um drank it swallowed the toe on purpose and then just walked out and paid the fine and walked out um yeah i describe my face it's Uh, absolute shock i utter bewilderment oh it's disgusting (laughs) just for clarification i am incredibly foot phobic i hate feet they are like one of my number one icks like i just hate feet so much so you i i also i love whiskey how dare you ruin this for me i was so yeah sour toe yeah oh sour toe god Um, (laughs) that's awful which like how did they get a new toe you might ask because it's still going on um they take donations oh yeah they <laughs> they take, like local or um all of, locally grown toes only uh, like organic. only the organic ones <laughs> ew <laughs> no apparently they have someone um they they have some people who will their toes to them um <laughs> And, and so that's how they get the toes is okay. when the person dies. No. Um, and then... 
No. And then one person donated their toe that had been severed in a lawnmower accident. Okay, that's kind of dumb. I respect that guy. Whoever that guy was, his name was probably like Greg or something. No, like that guy's guy's cool. But like theoretically, your neighbor Greg could pass away and you're pouring one out for him at the bar and it it really feels like he's with you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Oh, he's just there floating at the bottom that's, of your glass. That's vile. Always looking up at you. That, <laughs> that's vile. Yeah, it's nasty. Um, they also have had uh, about twenty-five toes since its creation. What does that mean? It means they've cycled through twenty-five toes. Oh, so only twenty-five? Well, over twenty-five toes. So like, they keep them for a few years. Until they start decaying. Oh, wait. Okay, and then let me clarify get rid a question. Of them. I have a clarifying yeah. question. Do they reuse the toes? Oh, yes. Oh! Hence the fine. Yeah. The fine is there because if you... I promise I'm not stupid, but I super misunderstood that. Okay, yeah, so... No, the fine is there the because fine... then they just take the toe out, they sanitize it, and they put it in someone else's Okay, drink. that can't be... That... They keep it in salt to preserve it. I just... Uh, why oh, I know so oh, much about okay. this is ridiculous. Um. You, the joy on your face telling me this. Uh, it's This is sadism. You're a sadist. The, Which is not surprising, but I'm offended. I can't believe that you actually told the story specifically to me because you know how much I hate this. Like, I'm going to be having nightmares this, about t- sour toe This drinks. place is called the Sour Dough Saloon. Um, no. And... <laughs> Do you want to know how many members there are? Oh, God. 95,000. 95,000? 95,000 people. That's so many. Have taken a shot of whiskey with a toe in it. Do you want to know something fucked up? Hmm. I would do it if it wasn't a toe. (laughs) If it was a finger, I would do it. What about a nose? What part of the nose? Like the Like the whole nose. Is it, does it have boogers in it? Well, it's cleaned out. I would do it. <laughs> I draw the line at toes and eyeballs. <laughs> Gross. I, I feel like I would do it. Like, would you not for bragging rights? Am I an asshole? <laughs> I don't think I'd put anyone severed anything near my mouth. No, I don't think that that's okay. I think that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that has been um, lots of corpse eating. I hated it, but I loved it. Yeah, I loved it, but I hate I hate you a little bit. Right yeah, now. I ended up like in a very weird um, rabbit trail. Yeah, I one. just really um, I'm gonna have nightmares yeah. about toe whiskey. Oh yeah. Oh, also my sources for this. Oh uh, yeah, that's important. Yeah, Wikipedia. Um, Don't donate to Wikipedia if you have an extra dollar. <laughs> Seriously, that they always ask. They just asked me today. Um, (laughs) Actually, me too. Uh, The Smithsonian Magazine gave me a lot of information. And then there were a few different news articles about um, the man who decided to drink the toe. Like, like drank? Like, Like like you mean swallowed it? Who, like, swallowed the toe and then paid the fine and walked away. Because they had to raise the fine after that to discourage people from doing it. Do you know how much the fine is? Uh, it was five hundred dollars, and I think now it's two thousand. Two thousand dollars? Yeah, worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I, I, you couldn't pay me any amount to be anywhere 
to, for my mouth to be anywhere near a toe, oh, yeah. let alone swallow one. I Feet need to be at least like three feet away from my face at all times. Three feet. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Lovingly. <laughs> but yeah, so lots of, lots of um, cannibalistic practices that have continued on to this day. I, okay. That was really good. Yeah. I really liked it. You're welcome. I liked it a lot more than mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was so that was the first one. Congratulations. The f- to to congratulations to you, Holly. Oh, thank and you. And the distress that you just put me through. You're welcome. Cuz I I hated that. I fully expect to be distressed at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. I hope that I can provide that to you. Great. As um like penance. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> If it makes it any better, I forgot that you hated feet so much when I was doing this. That's worse. Uh, <laughs> that's somehow worse. Um, but yeah, congrats to the first one. We did it. Um, it's we we talked about doing this for forever. Nine months. Yeah, and now it's it's here and it's happening, and we'd very much appreciate it um, if people could rate review and subscribe um because that way we can actually like get a sense of who's listening and um it helps you know don't be mean but motion things but yeah don't be don't be don't be rude but constructive criticism is also always yeah if i said something wrong please tell me yeah i would love to be correct just like keep it constructive folks. yeah don't be don't be don't be rude yeah i was gonna swear but i'm not going to um, not the listeners <laughs> and uh yeah so I actually made an Instagram account um it is at the macabre cast pod and because it's a difficult word to spell I will spell it it's the m-a-c-a-b-r-e cast pod and our email that you can send us suggestions or also constructive criticism yeah suggestions because constructive criticisms things that you think would be interesting to hear about yeah things like that um maybe your own weird thing that you have experienced or your own really weird random object that you have in your house yes what would you put in your curiosity cabinet honestly i don't know if i want to know i do but i have morbid curiosity i please tell me i need to know yeah because now you guys know about the dead bird in my freezer. <laughs> um, but you can follow us on Instagram at, at the pod, And you can email us at themacabcastpod at gmail.com. Excellent. And we wanted to shout out our lovely sound production, Nikon, who's sitting on the couch, laying down actually, which looks very comfortable. <laughs> We also wanted to shout out our lovely former professor, who is the reason why we're friends, um, Trainer, who designed our intro and outro music, yeah, and is is the reason why we love weird things for the most part. Well, one of the reasons. He really like um, <laughs> he said, "Run with it," you yeah. know. That that's an important part. Also, our friend Lachlan, who helped us figure out how to do this, because we're yeah. both incredibly uneducated in how to podcast as you can probably tell and we both have a lot of anxiety yeah so anyway (laughs) 
I guess um, see you next time. Yeah. Oh, we had a closing. What was our closing? Oh, uh, do you still want to do it? Curiosity killed the cat. But satisfaction brought it back. Or morbid curiosity brought it back. <laughs>